Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Queers at Play. I'm your host this week, Mark, and I'm joined, as always, by Reuben. Hello. And Richard, who you may also know as Mouse. You got it right. I did. I Hello. didn't fumble it that time. I've been practising. <laughs> Not Nintendmouth 5. But it is also Nintendmouth 5. It is also Nintendmouth 5. Hello. So there's been a whole bunch of news over the last couple of weeks, as there always seems to be. Um, I think at points I was a little worried. We might not have much to talk about with it being the lead up to E3, but, um, you know, the games industry hasn't let us down with its fair share of controversies and news. So uh, let's dig straight in with quickfire news. Um, So... Activision have announced that they dropped a voice actor from Call of Duty Mobile due to misogynistic comments. Perhaps a, a rare uh, rare thing that they've done right. Yeah, good good guy Ubisoft. It's like only two weeks ago we were calling them Not dicks. Ubisoft, Activision. Activision. Oh yeah, you're right. Well, Ubisoft still are dicks. We're going to get to that. Um, but Activision, they've done a about turn. <laughs> They're... Not acting like dicks two weeks after actually acting like dicks. I don't trust it, but but it's a good thing they did. What? Let's, it, it is a good it is. thing. Hmm. And they should be commended for that, even if they do also do shitty things. I yeah. was going to say, it's very few and far between they do things right. Mm. It is echoing your thoughts. It's nice to actually see them doing something right for a change. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's that there are uh, there, there have been kind of like things thrown about about how the character that was voiced I don't know Call of Duty so I don't care, um, but the character <laughs> that was um, voiced is actually kind of important to the story, like the overall story they've got going on in that universe. So that's an interesting uh, potential thing mm-hmm. they're going to have to combat maybe, but um, it's it's a good thing. Like I've said it before, so it's a good thing them firing this guy. Good thing. Yeah, it is. And I think, mm. depending, you know, voice actors are quite often, it's easier to replicate somebody's voice than it is an actual person in a live action thing, you know. You know, how many times, you know, different different actors have played Muppets, for example. It's fine, nobody notices. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're paid for, to act. Exactly. Sure they, someone can get someone else in and just fill the spot quite easily. Uh-huh. And now I want a Muppets oh. Call of Duty. Muppets Call of Duty. That would actually make it worth playing. <laughs> I'd love it. Wouldn't it? Muppets Battle Although, Royale. Would it, also... <laughs> would it also be a little bit upsetting, like, just gunning down Muppets? No. Oh, well, not at all. Well, like, Dreamt I mean, of that. I mean, like, Splatoon is a shooter, but that doesn't really involve violence, per se. There's a way that they could make a Battle Royale that doesn't involve violence, and you could incorporate but, the Muppets. But does involve Muppets. Okay. And maybe they'll come to Fortnite. Maybe that'll be the next big crossover for Fortnite. Yeah, everything else is, but that's for another time. <laughs> I mean, this whole conversation has taken a detour that I did not anticipate. <laughs> We've got straight, straight onto Muppets from Activision dropping a misogynistic voice actor. It's great. Um, circling back around to uh, Ubisoft, though, um, they did a couple of things over the last week or so. Um they announced a change of strategy to focus on high-end free-to-play titles rather than releasing multiple AAA titles in a year. I mean... It's awful. It's utterly atrocious, isn't it? But are we surprised? 
No. I'd be surprised if it works for them, like, long term. I mean, they're not the only ones changing this focus. I'm sure I've heard a couple of other studios doing the same. Um, but it's not going to... Like, whether this is a long-term thing for them, who knows? But, like, it's very supported by where the money is. Mm-hmm. Like, free-to-play mm-hmm. titles with high amounts of microtransactions. Just look at Genshin Impact. And the amount of money that game brings for a free-to-play game with microtransactions—it's—it's—they're just going where the money is, essentially. Capitalism, yay, yay! <laughs> Our favourite. I think. I think the thing is, you—it's difficult, isn't it? Because obviously they are a business; they've got to follow the money. They've got investors and shareholders and whatever, and you know, fuck yeah. capitalism. But I think the nice thing. This is like a broader thing. Is that the nice thing about the gaming industry is that you do have like you do still have like those indie developers and those indie publishers where you can get all these kinds of weird and wonderful different games, and they're definitely more in it for the if you like the artistic element of gaming and putting out a message as well as something that's fun to play and is different and it isn't a free to play title with microtransactions. And you and I find personally with. With those indie games, some of them feel more AAA than the AAA de- developers, such as Ubisoft. And I'm not surprised that Ubisoft are going down this route. I used to like them, um, but that's changed. However, I think it's I'm not surprised because if you look at their AAA titles, Assassin's Creed, it's littered with micro with, with with microtransactions and DLC and paid DLC, and it's 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 unfortunate. But like you say, I think indies are going to fill that gap quite well, hopefully. Yeah, can't add to that. <laughs> good, good point. Well in, other, it, in other Ubisoft news, um, following uh, multiple abuse claims last year across the business, they've made almost no changes. Kel, they did release a video, though. Kel, they did release a video. Kel fucking surprise. Oh, we can swear. Right. Yes, so just, yes, okay. this is, yeah, this is definitely... Uh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, I'm it's got Ruben on. I was so. going to say, Ruben's here, so of course, sorry. Anyway, that's... I've got five seconds Carry on. Sorry. <laughs> Did you forget who I was for a second? Yeah. <laughs> Be on a family you met, right? friend. Richard, this is Ruben. Ruben, this is Richard. <laughs> we have met, I believe. Um, we have. We have. I'm not surprised at this whatsoever if they haven't changed all of the horrible, abusive practices in that company over the however many years it's been reported on. They're not going to change it now, now that it's died down and people aren't talking about it. Like, they're not going to change. The only way they're going to change is if the gimos, the kind of like high ups in the company that have let this slide and ignored this for so long, finally do something about it. But they won't. So... Here we are. No, and and they won't do anything until at some point, you know, if and when they get pushed out of the business and all retire and it's passed on to new leadership. Mm. And even then, the new leadership may have kind of grown up with that leadership and will just continue the same cycle. Um, it needs to be ex- like properly kind of stripped out for it to go. And I don't think, I mean, this, my God, this is such a cynical standpoint to take, but... I don't think the games industry wants to put in the amount of effort it would take to strip all of that out. 
Because if they tackle that, they're going right. to have to tackle everything. They're going to have to tackle crunch. They're going to have to tackle homophobia and sexism, they, like racism. They're going to tackle every aspect of shittiness in the industry. And the industry isn't going to put in that amount of effort. No, but it's difficult for the industry as a whole like that to police that. I don't, you know, I don't know how that would even work. It's different companies across different countries, across different, you know, it's... I'm not... You just expect it not to happen. You you do. I mean, it happens in every, in every, unfortunately, it happens in every, you know, outside of the gaming industry as well. But you'd think... Like fucking Ubisoft, the one of the biggest developers in the world, to, to take a stand and, and do you know and, and and make it a big thing. Yes, fair enough. If they made a big thing of it, it would look like they're pandering, etc. However, they did a short shitty video, which probably made it even worse, and it hasn't changed anything. But then, what can happen? Like, what body is around? What who goes in? Who regulates this? I don't know. Is there a body who who does that? No, I mean, the games industry. There isn't is a body. Yeah. I mean, no. what you know, the worst that could happen is if some, you know, if they were really on the shitty end of things, you know, the platform holders could refuse to give them a platform on which to publish their games, but they're going to lose so much money, they're never going to do that either. So, and it always comes down to it happens, and then it all comes out. They then get fired, and like you said, I think it was you, Reuben. You know that another leadership com- leadership comes in and then just carries it on anyway. It's what it shouldn't it shouldn't get to that point anyway, but unfortunately it does. It's not great to see. And someone like Ubisoft, you'd expect a lot more. Well, theoretically, but it's like it's it's a it's a kind of who watches the Watchmen sort of situation. The games industry is like pretty much entirely self regulatory. Um, with the exception uh-huh. of kind of age ratings and distribution, which has to go through um, whichever age rating bureau happens to have jurisdiction over the region. But otherwise, the industry can do essentially whatever it wants and isn't regulated in any way, which is why there's no union in the video games industry um, mm-hmm. of any kind, pretty much. Uh, the only the only time a union was involved in the games industry was the, with the Screen Actors Guild. And then because obviously the Screen Actors Guild were like, no, you can't treat us like shit. They, a, a lot of games industry um, voice acting ended up moving away from Screen Actors Guild actors. Um, mm. Hence, there was the massive change in Final Fantasy fourteen, where they all changed from American voice actors to British voice actors, because there's nothing like that here. Um, but that's the thing. Who... And in terms of voice quality acting, though, that was a massive improvement. So. Oh, oh, yeah, it's a huge Ultimate, improvement. Ultimately, yeah, that, that was a win. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's, it's, that, that's the fact is, there's no regulator on like practices in the video game industry, and that really should change. But like, I'm not anywhere near experienced enough with law or anything like that to actually make mm-hmm. a judgment on that. But I think it should happen. That doesn't mean it's viable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not wave magic one situation is it um finally i guess on ubisoft and i don't know that anybody has much to say about this but skull and crossbones has been delayed until 2022 again it's been delayed a few times i believe yeah that's right we can just play sea of thieves instead exactly (laughs) on game pass i need to get on to sea of thieves um Mm. i really do and skull and crossbones it probably ain't coming 
It's been delayed so many times now. It's not coming. If it does, I'll be pleasantly surprised because it looked Hang like... Hang on. It looked like what I want Sea of Thieves to be, but Sea of Thieves isn't. Mm. But it's been delayed It'll so many times. It'll be a free-to-play title with, multi- with, with transactions. Oh, fuck that. Or subscription. Fuck that. <laughs> That's why they're delaying it. They're making it free-to-play with transactions. There we go. <laughs> oh. um, right. Yes. So, everyone's uh, favourite Nintendo have... Uh, have released a whole bunch of news over the past week or so. Um, let's start with some of the some of the top tier stuff. Mm. Um, Eight pound calculator app has come to the Switch, followed by a xylophone app from the same developer. I would be so interested to see the sales figures on these. <laughs> so it, and like, it's been reviewed already. Like, well, of course it has. But like, uh, well, yeah, no, the, like being a games journalist and obviously speaking to you which is a games journalist we never pass up opportunities to act like dicks on the internet and reviewing an eight pound <laughs> calculator app for nintendo switch is definitely in that um like i'd love How to see would the sales you even go about that does it add up properly How the, the, the puns available in that review would be absolutely brilliant like you could calculator do... oh <laughs> Really, Mark? I've been saving that one up. I like it. (laughs) Adding it up. Um, Um, But it blew up on the internet, didn't it? It absolutely blew up, mainly because it's £8, and mainly because people are buying it. You know, it can be played handheld, it can be played on your TV. Why on earth you'd want to play it on your telly? (laughs) But like... When you come back from Aldi or Tesco. I mean, the, the, the thing I don't get is, like, so... To, to paraphrase a uh, a very popular line from Activision Blizzard, don't you all have phones? Like, <laughs> every phone has a calculator on it. Why would you need to buy an £8 one for Nintendo Switch? I mean, I, I mean, you're right. Who's playing this on their TV to warrant it being on Nintendo Switch? Like, I don't need, that- I, I don't need a 52-inch calculator. Watch the next major Switch update just include a built-in calculator. Fuck <laughs> yeah, but then it, it, no other features, just a built-in calculator. No, no folders, no eShop music, no backgrounds, no backgrounds. Oh, that'd be. It. But then again, I don't know, and this could be like this could be grabbing quite far. But I think I don't know. Are they trying to capitalise on people being at home, like kids being at home, like homework kind of thing? Do you see what I'm? Getting at, yeah, I mean, really I, I dream, can see but... the utility for like Nintendo offering like utility style apps for people that happen to want it, but I think at eight pounds, that's just that's just asking too much. I think fifty p, I'd buy it. But like the xylophone one as well. Like, <laughs> see, see this, the, I mean, this is the this is the question that's confused me ever since I heard about the calculator and ever since I heard about the xylophone. Who is this for? <laughs> mm. Like, yeah, okay, like, we, because like you can get a calculator for kids to do homework for significantly cheaper than eight pounds from WH Smith, and WH Smith ain't exactly cheap. So, no, like, who are these apps for? Who knows? People with more sense than money, I would imagine. We definitely have to look at sales figures, though, Ruben. You brought up brought up a very interesting point. I absolutely, if that is on the top thirty or whatever it is on the eShop. Brilliant. I know what I'm going to get into at making. Oh, could you imagine? Calculator, like, but 
could you imagine if we get to next year's financials for Nintendo and Calculator is like one of the best selling <laughs> third party apps of the year? It'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Physical version. <laughs> if limited run games. Limited run games, the yeah. calculator app for Nintendo Switch. I mean, that would at least make a great kind of. Um, April Fool's gag for next year, right? Yeah, if Limited Run or Special or Special uh, No or Super Rare aren't already looking at doing a physical release of Calculator, I will be so surprised. <laughs> with we'll get in touch time. with Brian. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he can make it happen, Brian. Um, oh. Other other Nintendo news: uh, Nino Kuni Two is being released for Switch in September. About time. First one's been on there for ages, hasn't it? Mm. I mean, I don't really have much to add to that. But I, I've it, not played them. No, nor have I. No, so I can't. I've got not. Ruben, have you? No, I, I played. Like a, you may have. No, I played a demo of Nino Kuni One, and I was like, I fucking hate this, and then I never played it again. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> But good for Nino Kuni fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, having having a kind of portable mm. access to Nino Kuni two, great. Especially seeing as, if I remember correctly, Nino Kuni two has a kind of tower defense mode as well, which is perfect okay. for handheld. Perfect. Mm. So we'll see. It's just a shame we get them so late and so much later. Uh, this is the issue, and this is slightly going off piece slightly, but. I do have a real issue with what, why why does why are Nintendo getting them so late? I know it's optimization and it's lesser hardware, etc. But it would be nice to get, would be nice to see the releases alongside, or at least within the same launch window of what one to two months. But can't complain. At least it's coming to it. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. Um, lots of new Mario Golf details were released. Now you know I'm not. A huge golfing fan, no. um, and I don't necessarily think I'll be picking up Mario Golf. But that said, the fast golf mode did look like good fun, and just the kind of bonkers thing that only Nintendo would come up with. Mario Party on the green, isn't it? Essentially, yeah. Is it online? I can't remember. If it I would have thought so. I oh, know. Sorry, no. They'll release the game, and then eighteen months later, they'll three, then add three on. years. Sorry, yeah, three years later, <laughs> they'll add online. Now, the only thing that I kind of took from that and <clears throat> looking on social media was, again, everyone commented on Waluigi's bulge, so <laughs> which, was, which was fantastic. So at least it wasn't Luigi this time. I mean, it's good, it does that look good though. It's good that Nintendo are embracing the, um, the curves of their characters again after, <laughs> like, yeah. after ruining like, Snake's butt in like, the most recent Smash Brothers <laughs> and stuff. Like it's it's good they're they're embracing that in their male characters now as well as their female ones. Um, yeah, focus. and I th- I think the other thing that struck me about that video was actually there does seem to be quite a lot of depth. Mm. You know, it does seem like there's a like a proper decent golf sim in there as well as all of the Mario stuff that's on top of it. Well, Nintendo always do this with their sports t- titles, though Mario. Um, what was it? Power Tennis? Was it called Mario Power Tennis? Mm. was the same. That had a lot of depth to it for what could have just been a simple tennis game. Mm. Um, and to be fair, the online of that game worked quite well, actually. So, um, like, well, that doesn't sound like Nintendo. No, it really doesn't. But like more, like <laughs> we need we need more of this. We need more Nintendo doing things kind of right. Because although 
Mario Tennis has no, not tennis, Mario Golf has no interest for us three. There are going to be people out there that are going to clamour after a new Mario mm-hmm. sports game because some people just love Mario sports games. So, like... Because they're quite often, you know, as I think as we discussed in the previous podcast, regardless of whether or not you, you like a game, Nintendo's games are often of very high quality. They, they, use, they use their IP and they use it very well. Like, you will get a quality, polished game with a few snags, i.e. probably online is going to be bullshit, or you're going to have to use the app, which... Or you have to wait three years for it. Or you have to... Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, like, I... I'm not a football fan, but I really enjoyed Mario Strikers, Mm -hmm. I think it was. The GameCube one. The GameCube one. Absolutely loved that. And, you know, not a tennis fan, but I love the one on, on GameCube, and... I th- it's just a good way it's a nice way as a Nintendo fan to actually enjoy different types of games you know it's not just Mario Kart it's not just Mario Party you know I don't really have any interest like you two in golf but playing it and knowing that you're going to get a decent polished game you know we'll go on the golf course next won't we <laughs> but yeah looking forward to it see how it, I'm sure it will do well um, Metopia has released because everyone was clamouring for that. It's, a, it's it's an odd one for them to... I don't know why... See, I don't think it's an odd one. See, I've been thinking about this, and Metopia on... I think it was 3DS. Mm. Came out. It did really, really well. It, in Japan, they absolutely gobbled it up, of course. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I, one thing I wasn't clear on, is this is this a, a, an updated port of the 3DS mm-hmm. one, or is it actually a brand new game? No, it's the same. It's the same game. Okay. So I've looked at some side by side screens, and for what it's worth, they've done. A, they have done a good job. However, it's it's centered around the Mii's, and it, I, I almost get this feeling like Nintendo want to ditch the Mii's, but they just can't. They 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 think that I I just always think they're thinking right. Let's give it another chance. Let's just try and push. The what Mii's. can we do with this now that we've yeah. got it? Just ditch them. We don't need them. But, however, I played the demo and I played it for about an hour and it was actually quite enjoyable. Very surprised by it. But, yeah, it came out today. I mean, I did watch the trailer and I thought, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit It's a little bit odd. And you choose, you know, you choose your own characters and you choose your, your, your things like that. And you can actually import characters that, other, that your friends list has. So you can have people appear, like your friends, in your version of the game. And, it's a nice touch. Personally, probably not for me, but it's it's and and it's pretty decent. It's mm. worth a go. But yeah, try the demo. Could have been picking that one up, Reuben. I mean, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, although I think this does um, this does open the floodgate for more potential 3DS ports, which yeah. is a good thing. Um, because there's a lot of really great games that are on this 3DS that people didn't get to play for various reasons um, that could do very well on the Switch, looking at you, Kid Icarus. So, mm-hmm. um, well, I mean, they've run out of Wii U ports now, so they yeah. need to... All five of them. <laughs> I mean, th- I knew, I'd, like, the moment I saw Metopia announced, I was like, this isn't for me. But, like... It it did look enjoyable, and it did look like if that's the sort of game you're into, then that's really gonna like be the right thing for you. Uh, and as Richard said, I also saw the side by sides, and they have done a really good job on upscaling this. Um, mm. 
more than more than just a standard port. They've actually put the, the time yeah. and the effort in to make it look like a Switch game as opposed to an upscaled 3DS game. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nintendo announced an absolutely gorgeous looking uh, Loftwing Amiibo to go alongside Skyward Sword and then locked some lovely new quality of life improvements behind it. Now, I know you both have uh, some thoughts about this, Ruben and Richard. Come on, Ruben, you first. I mean, really, all I have to say about this is fuck you, Nintendo. You've done this again, <laughs> again, and you keep getting away with it. Um, I, 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 I was able to completely let it slide with um, Breath of the Wild because the Wolf Link amiibo gave you Wolf Link as a companion, which wasn't a quality of life change. That was just a, oh, that's no. a neat little thing. Um, but to lock a genuine accessibility improvement and like quality of life improvement in the game behind an amiibo is just shitty. I mean, the thing is, I wouldn't use it anyway. Um, I love the way that the game is laid out and the way that the game is done. I like having those... I, I, I It made sense that you only had certain places that you could go between the sky and the ground. They, they incorporated that within the story of the fucking thing. Um, mm-hmm. And that made sense to me. It made sense why... Because obviously the... the spoilers for Skyward Sword. Um, because of the way that the 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 Skyloft was ejected upwards. Like, there was that kind of almost force field between Skyloft and the ground of Hyrule, which meant that it was almost impossible to penetrate on it going in either direction. So it made sense that you went to particular statues to go between the two mm. in-game. So I still wouldn't use, because it... Just use the amiibo for that purpose, but... Oh, why? Why? Uh, I don't know. I mean... Like, full disclosure, I've, I've pre-ordered the Amiibo because it looks gorgeous and mm-hmm. nothing to do with the fact that there's quality of life improvements behind it and whether or not I'll even use them. I don't even know how useful they actually are. I mean, I can't remember how useful it would be just to be able to jump up to Skyloft at a moment's notice because it's been so long since I played Skyward Sword. Well, this, this, is, the, this is what I've been thinking about. I've, there's been a lot of upheaval about this, which is fine because... Which is understandable because of the quality of life it brings. However, there wasn't a, there wasn't one point in the game when I played. I think I played through it two or three times where I thought, "Oh, I really am too far away from one of those statues." I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but you never feel like oh, I've got. A re-. They're they're littered everywhere. I think it's a nice addition. But I think it does border on the line of... I think it's a shitty thing to do, by the way. I think Nintendo really shouldn't have done that. It would have been nice just to have a Breath of the Wild type of kind of improvement where items drop, rupees come down, you get hearts, just standard. Because the Amiibo is gorgeous. It's also 25 quid, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is a fine line between is it really locking away an improvement that people need or will use quite a lot? I don't think it is. However, it's still a shitty thing for Nintendo to do. Am I going to buy one? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but then, if it's a feature that people may not use, why lock it? 
Maybe that's what they thought. They thought, oh, it's just an added extra. People won't care. Oh, crap. Actually, the internet has gone absolutely the other way. But also, I think Nintendo... I think people think Nintendo get a free ride over this stuff. and They, they don't. They, do, it's, they don't, because the internet does get up in arms about it. It's just that Nintendo never acknowledge it. They never go... Nintendo never put their hands up and go, oh, okay, we fucked up on this one. We'll just give you do this. Do you know why? You know, they never do that. Because people will still buy it. Yeah, exactly. There's two people here. Who, who, they <laughs> could literally... It could probably be 40 quid and we'd still get it. That's just Nintendo fans. Because we're so starved of new stuff on a year-by-year basis because they release fuck all. They, they bring oh, out... Oh, they're saying that. We've had a, we've had a major uh, Zelda release every year for about the last five years. <laughs> Starved for Metroid releases, though. Fuck's sake. Anyway, that's not. Story. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into that. <clears throat> um, right. The other, uh, I guess, uh, major announcement from Nintendo uh, is five excellent new additions to oh, the uh, Switch Online. We've they've they've just added uh, Paper uh, Mario RPG. They've added <laughs> um, Earthbound, and they've added they Final added- Fantasy VI. Uh, no, wait, actually, no. Sorry, they added Super Baseball Simulator 1000. You think by the thousand iteration of that game, they would have mm. better graphics? But yeah, no. but you can skip all of them, and the best one is Spanky's Quest, <laughs> just for the name itself. <laughs> I've got strong feelings about this. <laughs> I really, I have not played any of the SNES or NES titles. Not out of not out of protest, and I appreciate legacy content, but I don't want to play it. I don't know if it's an age thing. Like, do I do I only want GameCube stuff? Yes, I do. I would love GameCube stuff, but what is this? I think the thing is, Nintendo can still sell GameCube stuff. Can they? Can they? Oh, I mean, they, they in CEX for triple the amount. Yeah, they can. But I mean, if they were, I think. I mean, what I, oh, what I mean by that is that somebody at sure. Nintendo going, well, we're not going to give that away for free because it's because the value of that is still such that we could sell it and it would sell. Yeah, but they're not doing that. Well, I know they're not, but that's not that. I mean, that's not necessarily how the yeah. uh, the bean counters think, is it? Um, <laughs> for being <characters. laughs> oh, and also that. bear in mind they're still getting like money for Switch Online, yeah, as uh, as, as a subscription, which can't be an insubstantial amount of money anyway. And for them yeah. to add these games to Switch Online costs them fuck all. So, mm. like, there was like I more than more than anything else, I want Game Boy Advance games on the fucking Switch Online service. Because Game Boy Advance were... games, I think, for me, would be preferable over N sixty four games. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the GBA has a bigger library, doesn't it? If we're if we're thinking oh. like actual number of like total of titles, but like hmm. they they won't or they won't yet anyway. Because to add a new storefront would be more effort than just continually adding older games to the storefront they already have. And when they've got such quality as uh, Magical Drop 2 left in their chest... And Joe and Mac. Um, <laughs> um, you know, who can blame them for not adding Game Boy Advance or N64? I think also, you know, Game Boy Advance games, you know, they've probably aged better than N64 mm. games as well. To be, you know, as much as I love the N64, I think, you know, Game Boy Advance was... SNES Plus, in a way, mm. in terms of, you know, developers really had a handle on 2D and sprites and just get games that are best suited for it, whereas N64 was really their first stab at 3D. 
don't get me wrong, I wouldn't say no to N64. No, no, you know, no getting course. perfect dark on there without the need to buy a sixty-pound expansion pack would be great. But you know, I think things again. So, well, you've got Game Pass and Perfect Dark now. Oh, yeah, I have, actually. Good point. Um, but you're right, actually. I think GBA would be great because it would bring back... I don't know if you guys had it, but I had the Game Boy Advance player for my GameCube. Mm -hmm. And I, I absolutely love... Oh, yeah, you've got it behind it. And I absolutely love that. Final Fantasy Tactics on my on the big screen was just incredible. So, yeah. actually, yeah, I never really thought about the GBA games. But, yeah, you're right. I think the library of games is so big. They could Person, not also forget Game Boy Advance and Switch, both you know portable consoles. Their exactly. games are designed for portable play. Didn't, mm -hmm. didn't they have GBA Virtual Console on the Wii U? Yeah, yeah. But and you had to buy those games, obviously. And on the 3DS, uh, the 3DS. No, the new 3DS. New, new 3DS, new because the original 3DS wasn't capable of a lot of the features that people expected of. Virtual Console. Although there were some GBA games that were part of the Ambassadors program, they did not provide functionality such as uh, rewinding and save states oh, okay. and stuff, Fair which enough. is why they never released Game Boy Advance games outside of the Ambassador program for the original 3DS. Bit of fun trivia for you there. I like that. I never knew that. Yeah, fun facts. Um, so, uh, moving on from uh, Nintendo news... Um, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness for 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 the Netflixes. <laughs> that that old console, the Netflix. Um, it looks good. I don't really. It, have... I, I was watching, and there were bits of that where I was like, "Is this? Wait, is this is this CGI or is this or is this live action?" Because some of the scenes, particularly of like scenery and cars and things. It looked like it was live action. Well, we've got that to come, haven't we? The live action Resident Evil. That's on its way as well. Yes. Mm. Um, but yeah, it looks good. I mean, I've not I've not looked too much into it because I don't want to spoil myself because it's not long away, is it? It's only July or something. It's like really yes, soon. Yes, yes. Mm. Like a month and a half away or so. Um, and I, I love me some Resident Evil, Finished Village and stuff like that. So like, I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, in news that's going to please you immensely, Ruben, Jeff Keighley presents Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest featuring Jeff Keighley. Oh, he's such a legend, isn't he? He can get fucked. <laughs> Gets everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, Something tells me you don't like him. No, I can't stand Jeff Keighley. Um, there are so many people in the industry that could do what he does better than he can with a lot more fucking charisma. Um, but the thing, which, the thing that I'm finding like slightly odd about this is Summer Game Fest and E3 are both occurring in June, aren't they? Um, yeah, although I believe the Summer Game Fest kind of runs all through... It's three months, isn't it? Yeah, like three months, isn't it? So it's... Although it? it's starting at the same time and therefore sort of trampling on E3 a little bit, it's more of a long-running thing. This is why he can get to... I just just stick with the Game Awards, and even they're awful to watch. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I mean, personally, I think they're dull, they're too drawn out, and anticlimactic. Uh, don't get me wrong; I, th I think, I think the industry is, it, it, like, it, it needs something like the Game Awards, and I think it's a good idea. However, it's just, it's just, I think it's just poorly put together. I think the problem is. Unlike, um, you know, when you think about things like the Emmys or the Oscars mm. or the Brits, it's too focused on 
new reveals and the awards are, if anything, just an afterthought. Like, like yeah. if you look at like the three or four hour whatever presentation it is, like the actual award bit is is like bolted through so quickly so that they can spend the rest of the time on new game reveals. And it's like, is this meant to be an uplift of genuine talent in the industry? Or is this just another sales pitch? And it's definitely the latter. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I think it. I think what it does offer is, you know, the game reveals and, and stuff like that, the world prim, like premiere and, and all that stuff. But personally, they had, I think it was a few years back where they had, it wasn't anything special, but they closed with a uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate um, Orchestra. And as a fan, that was great. My hairs were standing up. It was great. It was brilliant. One more of that. Just, like, performances would be nice without all the flowery bullshit in the middle but, but i don't think like you know last of us won everything uh, like i think you're right that there does see there does need to be a thing like the game awards but not the game awards because mm. like live tweeting that is always a fucking stress because trying to tweet out or trying to keep up with who've been who've been given awards is fucking impossible because they don't give any space or any time or any kind of credence to the awards at all. They're just kind of... No, it's just, this is the award, these are the nominees, this is the winner, and then trailer, and then trailer, yeah. and then trailer. Then these are the these are the nominees, this is the award, this is the winner. Trailer, trailer. It, it's like the bit that's focusing on the awards is like like 20 seconds worth of content. It's the Jeff between. Awards, isn't it? Yeah, it's the Jeff Keighley Awards. And this is why Jeff fucks me up. <laughs> because he doesn't realise that the he, he, Game Awards are an insult. He doesn't realise. Um, I think that's enough, Jeff Keighley. How many times have we mentioned Jeff Keighley? About 40? I think he gets enough. Yeah. He's, he's had enough time. mentions. Um, Sony announced a Turner Noctis, a new hand-drawn 2D action exploration, possibly Metroidvania title for release in December. Looks pretty. It looks very pretty. It looks it looks right at my street, you know. I haven't seen this, and I know you put it in the chat, but I haven't seen it. Give me a quick. It's somewhere between. Oh, I guess it, I. I it's best described as somewhere between two D Metroid and Castlevania. It's it, okay. it genuinely that. I mean that, that is what it seems to be. Well. Yeah, with Fine. a absolutely gorgeous looking hand drawn art style as well. Um, you know, so that's right at my street. I'm looking forward to that releasing in December. To be fair, we don't get enough 2D, decent 2D stuff at the moment. I mean, I could probably be completely wrong, and I'm not a 2D fan. I mean, you get a whole lot of indie stuff. But yeah, you... but some decent quality where you, you're really invested. And it's, well, I like how you've snuck in Metroidvania. Uh-huh. It has to be. Um, and the final bit of news on Quickfire News is that Deep Silver have reformed Free Radical and are working on a new Time Splitters. I have never played Time Splitters. Oh, I <gasps> love Time Splitters. Time Splitters 2 is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. However, they have just announced, obviously, they. what I liked about this announcement, obviously it was on Twitter, it was very simple, let's just get it out there, is they said, we've listened to the fans, people want Time Splitters, um, but they were just honest from the get-go. They're like, development hasn't started, but they they are announcing a another Time Splitters game. Now we're probably years away from it. Oh, but yeah. as a Time Splitters fan, that was just brilliant news. Just to hear something like that was great because Time Splitters. And totally- also, I think the other thing was the other thing that was nice is that they're bringing back 
the original the team, isn't it? The original team. Two of the guys, of I think, yeah. isn't it? David Doak, off of Rare Fame, I believe, is one of them. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Very much looking Do- forward Dr. to Dr. Doak from Gate from Gay. GoldenEye. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, exciting news for Timesplitters fans, because, I mean, I, I don't... Timesplitters 2 was the last one. That was on PS2, if I am... No, correct. I think there was another one after that. There definitely wasn't. Not that I remember. Okay, I may but be that, wrong. But then... The only one I remember is Timesplitters 2, but that was great. That was brilliant. So, yes, good news, but we're very far away from any details, I think. Or maybe they could surprise us at E3. We don't know. But, yeah. I'm just Googling now Timesplitters franchise. <laughs> it, I, I think... <laughs> It was. I think it was way ahead of its time. Artistically, Timesplitters 2 was brilliant. It was really, really good. Built on Timesplitters 1 and made it even better. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what art direction. Hopefully they won't go down the whole Overwatch kind of thing. I'm right. There was a, there was a third Timesplitters game. Timesplitters. Oh, what's that? Timesplitters Future Perfect that was oh, released on GameCube, uh, N64, GameCube, Xbox and PlayStation 2. It's on the bulb guy on the front, I think. Yes. I remember now. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Timesplitters. Exciting. Um, so now it's time to turn our attention to Richard, as if he's not had enough attention already. Sorry. <laughs> as we play Simply the Guest. You're Simply the Guest. So this is our little opportunity to get to know you and your gaming tastes a little bit better, Richard. You probably know them already. I mean, I could probably guess some of them, um, but I'm going to ask questions anyway. Okay, good. Um, because our audience perhaps don't know. They probably do, but we'll go for it anyway. <laughs> Somebody's got an ego. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Let's start with your favourite game or game series. Okay, very generic, and I really hate to say this, but it is the Legend of Zelda series. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but I, when you sent me these questions, I was like, "Do I am I honest, or do I try and choose option?" Don't look at my screen. I think has to correct my answers on that. But I, I was thinking about this, and you know, I wanted to say Mario, but Mario is definitely not now. You know, but Zelda. Even just thinking about it, 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 it just... It, Excites it, you. Yeah, it does. It does. It, it really, really does. And, yeah. Uh, and you're not you're not the first of our guests to choose Zelda, either. Are we not? I'm pretty sure Joe picked Yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe picked Joe? Um, Zelda last, last episode as well. See, you should... Uh, See, good taste. You're in good company. And I know you're a massive fan of Zelda. Yeah, I love Zelda. However, I do have a confession. Okay. So, I do much prefer 3D Zelda. That's so, I've tried, you know, I, I was thinking about this earlier, and, you know, I there are standout 2D Zeldas for me, like Minish Cap, but going way back to the beginnings of Zelda, I haven't really given them much attention. But 3D Zelda's best, Wind Wake, uh, best game, Wind Waker, for me. Um, but, yeah, Zelda, Zelda, Zelda. <laughs> I don't think you'll find much... Uh... Uh, much from either me or Reuben to disagree with that. Nope. Although I don't, I, I do remember having a conversation with Reuben a few years back about 
Breath of the Wild. <laughs> this comes up a lot. <laughs> I think you would definitely have had an argument with Ruben if you'd have picked Breath of the Wild. Not as an argument, a, a discussion about... Yes. <laughs> the merits, the relative merits of Breath of the Wild. And we've covered it many times on the Queers at Play podcast. I cannot recall. <laughs> <clears throat> so, thinking, thinking way back to your childhood, Richard, mm. what was your very first game well my very first game and I remember it really really well and god knows I don't know how old I was but my very first game was Tetris okay and which is funny because I've just started playing Tetris Effect which is phenomenal it's on Game Pass and I thought I'll give it a go but actually it it brought back quite like weirdly emotional memories because obviously we've got this Tetris Effect game and it's it's crazy. The sound's great. The it's in 4K and yeah, it's, it's the rest of it. Colors and explosions. And actually, and... when what reminded me was when I was laying in bed and all I could all I was thinking about is you know uh, shapes coming down. Um, but yeah, I borrowed it off my brother. We fought over the game. We only had one Game Boy because mm-hmm. we could only afford one Game Boy back then. I now have it. Um, and uh, you and, and I still got. I think I've got four copies of Tetris for some reason. But um, yeah, first game was Tetris. It's brilliant. So if anybody wants a copy of Tetris signed by Richard <laughs> on Game Boy, <laughs> on Game Boy, you're more than welcome to them. <laughs> good call on um, Tetris Effect as well. Tetris Effect is so good. <laughs> and do you know what? It it's. I learned from someone on on Twitter the other day that it was. Um, it's made by some of the people behind, and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, Luminaires on PSP. Oh, that kind of makes sense. I'd... Do you see what I yeah. mean when they said it? Because apparently they struggled with Luminaires and the licence, so that team, I could be completely wrong, but I'm going by someone else's. Oh, is this because it's owned by Sony, I'd imagine? Perhaps. So then they've gone over to they've gone over to Tetris. But then if it's owned by Sony, it's on, it's on Game Pass. So I don't, I don't know how it's, how oh, it's gone. yeah. But that would make sense. So apparently they went over to Tetris and yeah, absolutely brilliant game. What is your, what would you say is your greatest gaming accomplishment? Oh, we're going for that one, aren't we? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so Ruben touched up on this earlier actually and it's, it's a recent one and I made it all the way through Resident Evil Village. Absolutely brilliant game. I really struggled with Seven Mm-hmm. I couldn't play it. I, I got sweaty. I had to turn it off. I had to pause it all the time. Um, but my achievement is getting through Resident Evil Village. I know it sounds... It's not great. <laughs> it's not high score or anything like that. But just getting through it was a real... Well, there was one part of that which was obviously awful. Which we <laughs> won't go into. Mm-hmm. I, I think you and Ruben probably struggled with the same well, me and, well, me and Ruben were messaging each other about this. <laughs> <laughs> I was most hating holidays. that experience, but I'm so glad I wasn't suffering alone. That it just it doesn't I don't know it just doesn't phase me particularly. I, I was like I'll I mean this is, say this, this is unsettling, but that, so what? So you genuinely? Oh, I'm just completely spoiler free, but you genuinely weren't scared about what was chasing you. The I mean, sounds, it was you... it, it was horrific and unsettling, but I wasn't scared. <laughs> See the thing is that well, that's not the thing that got me in that area though. That's the thing. Okay. I was fine with that. Well, fine is a is a word, but 
Um, I, I, I could tolerate that. It was other things. Because, like, I, I... Oh, yes, we spoke about that, didn't we? Yeah. It's the things and the... Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, it plays... There are... This is a great, great conversation when you're trying to avoid spoilers Sorry. for a newly released game. <laughs> you know those things in the thing with the thing? Yeah, those. <laughs> the things that were hanging were, were a real... The things up in the... Um, the things that were staring at you. Yes. The, the smaller... The smaller... Things. Yes. Things. Yeah, that. Um, s- spoilers. Yeah. Dolls. We're talking about dolls. Yes. Right? Okay, yes, we are. Yes, we are talking about dolls. And dolls, and um, dolls are just something that get me they unsettle me they really unsettle me they're, they're in they're in the same wheelhouse as mannequins that like almost human oh. but they're not human thing that bugs me i mean and this i mean I, so I, you're you're a big fan of that classic 1980s film mannequin right i mean like <laughs> I, I mean let's be let, let's be rational about this i'm not like like shitting myself and crying in a corner in primark or anything but like if like <laughs> If, if mannequin, like, just walk into a clothing store. Ah! But like mannequins in a horror Sorry. setting are so unsettling for me. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the whole reason why I didn't play Resident Evil Seven for so long. Because in the Resident Evil Seven demo, there's those mannequins oh, in the attic yeah. that turn round to face you when you look away, and that I was just like, no, no, I want, I want myself as far from this situation as I can be, and that means turning it off. Um, and yeah, mannequins and dolls. But, I just can't. But with with the game, it was interesting because I couldn't complete seven. I'm going to go back and complete it. I'm going to try. Well, you've got the PSVR, so you can you can play absolutely it fuck off with that. <laughs> I will not be playing. I do not need it any closer to my eyes than it already is on my <laughs> telly. Thank you. However, with Resident Evil Village, you know, I heard that um, it's Capcom, isn't it? Capcom took feedback, and a lot of people said. Seven was too scary, too suspenseful. So they changed it from Resident Evil Village, which you can see for the first two hours. And then after it, they're like, oh, right, let's go back to what scared everyone. But we'll just make it a really short section. And then it goes back to being what it was before. Although the last section, again, no spoilers, in the big place with the hanging people going around. The Borg. Yeah, those. That was quite scary. They kind of went back to that. I struggled with that, however... And then it all went batshit crazy at the end and it was laughable. But yeah, I think getting through that was is my recent achievement. Excellent. Um, okay, so final question we're going to ask in this section, Richard. Yes, I'm listening. What is What gaming series would you like to see a revival of? It's not a series. Okay. But it is Eternal Darkness. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, if we saw a revival, it would make it a series. So, yeah, no, that's true. So, I I quite like the medium on Xbox Series X mm-hmm. and S, of course. And that is where I felt the most Eternal Darkness vibes from. Now, I, th- I don't know if you guys have played I tried it. I didn't get on with it, not necessarily because I thought it was scary. I just didn't. It and just so didn't. You can get scared. No, no, no. I didn't say no, no. <laughs> Because not because it scared me, but just because it just didn't gel with me. Okay, fair enough. But I think, I think with the technology we have now, um, with the next gen consoles, I think they could really do something with Eternal Darkness. And I believe that they did try and kickstart a, um, you know, the developer to try and make a sequel, and then it just didn't happen, and then it did, then didn't again. But I, I would like something like that. And again, 
the medium showed me what that could have been. But it, I don't know. It was it was just it was just a refreshing game to have, and you know, we've had revivals of everything. My, my my second one was going to be I can't remember it now, um, but it was a Ubisoft game on GameCube, and they've announced the second one. It's got a pig in it. Can't remember. That was going to be my next one, but they. I still think that's in development, but I'm not too sure. I like sure. that we got that from it. It's got a pig in it. Yeah, it's got <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I'm glad you got it though, because I didn't. I didn't write it down, and that was going to be my second. Photography in a pig. Yeah, exactly. And I, that was a brilliant game, and that's from the same era. But yeah, Eternal Darkness would be would be great. Uh, see, I've played Resident Evil Village now. I'm ready for anything. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for any any horror. I'm 100% yeah. behind you on that. Eternal Darkness was a fucking incredible game. Brilliant. It was great, wasn't mm. it? The way it played, the, the way it played with you and the story was really really good. Yeah. Um and the like I don't know whether you've played it again recently. I I, no. I think I played it like probably about 8 months ago. And those horror effects, or at least some of the, some of them, are comical now. But like some of those horror effects are still kind of like unsettling now, even with the the technology leap we've had. Mm. Like it's it was just a really well made like uh, kind of horror thriller title. It was just so well, so 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 well made. It, it did things that other games didn't do and I remember fondly where well I say fondly it scared the crap out of me and it generally made me check my tele- like my, my TV I remember one of the effects was where it put your TV on mute or it flipped the image or it it broke some of the image or it, it, it was just really really clever but in a very obvious way and I think they could really plan on that again you see I I, I, I really enjoyed Eternal Darkness I played it but I never finished it because I encountered what I'm not sure, but I think is a glitch on one of the bosses where it just wouldn't, I just, just wouldn't die. And I was fighting this boss for what felt like about two hours and it just wouldn't die. It's probably one of the horror effects and you just took it badly. Maybe. <laughs> like, oh, it's not working. And I was like, oh, no, I can't be dealing with this now. Be interesting just... to revisit it though. It'd yeah. Be, like, like Ruben said, it'd be good to, to go back and play it again and see how it fares. Um, so at this point, we we quite like to offer our guests the ability to kind of sell themselves or promo themselves. If you've got anything that you would like to, uh, not really draw but... attention to. <laughs> oh, don't be modest. Really. No. So, uh, so two things. I am the owner of a gaming community called Together We Play, um, where we do weekly sessions. Um, we change on a month rolling basis. We have a really great um, host team, um, all inclusive. Uh, etc. So You're not holiday. Sorry. <laughs> All inclusive. We have insurance. Um and also I write for mynintendonews.com. So if you are looking for up to date twenty four hour news, go to mynintendonews.com. Just don't look for a Metopia review on release day. No, so we got <laughs> we've been hounding Nintendo for a Metopia code and we got one today on launch. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you, thank you for having me. Right, so that was simply the guest, and finally we have our big news topic for the week, which I feel probably Ruben is going to have a lot to say about, and that is Final Fantasy fourteen Fan Fest happened, which I've just noticed. Oh no, I did write that correctly. No, I didn't. 
I've written, God, that's not a number. That's not a Roman numeral number. <laughs> but <laughs> what I meant to write in our notes was Final Fantasy XIV FanFest. So lots of news, lots of news came out. Ruben? I was so tired this weekend. Um, and not and not just because of FanFest, but because, like, uh, my first vaccine dose as well. So, um, like, literally laid me up for the weekend. So, like, did you just want me to just go with this news yeah go for this go for this because i know you've got lots to say about this um and as as much as i've played final fantasy 14 and i really enjoy it i feel like you are a resident expert um sure um so like fanfest happened at the weekend which is the like generally happens every two years um where it's basically just a fan festival, which is a great a great thing that Square Enix allow to happen for Final Fantasy fourteen. But what usually happens at them is they reveal the final trailer of the game, or at least on the last one, which we were because there weren't any others this year because COVID. Um, so they reveal the last trailer of the game release uh, of the expansion. Sorry, the reveal some information, so like locations and uh, beast tribes and um, uh, jobs and things like that. So we had all of that kind of revealed, or at least like some revealed from every single area. And yeah, so Endwalker, the next expansion of Final Fantasy XIV is coming on November 23rd, which is quite a lot later than we expected because if I'm not mistaken, Shadowbringers came out, which is the current expansion, came out in July. So COVID has really (laughs) delayed their their development. Um, of M Walker, so that's been that will be what two, two, nearly two and a half years gap between Shadowbringers and End Walker. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, and we've still got one more big patch to go, which is this coming week. Fuck this coming week, um, which is the final, mm-hmm. which is the final story patch, and um, uh, before M Walker and the end of a couple of side side quests that and side kind of plot lines that have been boiling on boiling over as well um but yeah like there was a lot a lot i mean i know that all three of us here have seen the trailer mm-hmm. even if yes. richard doesn't quite understand what's going on it was a very very pretty trailer but yeah i had no idea what was going on to be completely honest but yeah it was impressive very long as well yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that. That tends to be what they do. The first trailer they reveal is like two okay. minutes, and then they just the next trailer they add more information, and the final trailer is the full trailer, which is obviously, as you saw with M Walker, six minutes long. Um, yes, which it doesn't feel like it. That's the thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've watched that trailer. I I cannot tell you how many times I've seen that trailer since FanFest. Just because I just put I it think, on. I think you know. A bit like, um, you know, I think Square Enix with, with Final Fantasy fourteen and perhaps some of the other Final Fantasy games, you know, they do these amazing trailers uh, with this amazing CGI. And a, a lot like, you know, Blizzard, I think, also put out amazing kind of CGI trailers for their games as well. Mm-hmm. You know, very similar uh, uh, sort of high-end production values on these trailers. And they just look incredible. Mm-hmm. And they, it's it's really interesting to see how far CGI has come on from you know the days of Final Fantasy VII. Mm. Oh, massively! 
you know, and, and for someone who do, who doesn't play Final Fantasy Online, it did interest me. You know, it generally did. And uh, yes, I didn't know the characters or anything like that, but the production values are incredible. And you're saying it's coming out at the end of no- it's coming out in November, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, as a non-player. Is it something that you guys feel like you need at the moment? Is it stale at the at, at all, or is there enough to tick you over until then? Um, the good thing about the fourteen teams specifically, I can't speak for World of Warcraft, is that they do have mm. regular updates. And so things. roughly okay. every three months, right? Yeah. They have okay. a major patch um, with content patch. Yeah, yeah, which includes which includes a new chunk of story. Okay, that's really. That's quite good. Three months to that's a good chunk to 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 go by. I mean, admittedly, you you end up firing through that in a day, <laughs> but you know it would be impossible for any team to provide much more no. regularly than that at the kind of quality that people come to expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's other things like I've been playing the game now for more than two years considerably more than two years i think now and i've still not run out of things i there's, there's still things i haven't done mm. whether, oh. that, whether that be the really high i've not done most of the really high-end content i've started on it but i've not finished it there's still a couple of uh i still think there's a couple of the raids i've not done um and my my gear isn't the maximum level it can be there's always something you can be doing and also there's then there's the crafting and the gathering and the fishing and like and mm. building your house and decorating that and there's just so many little and of bits. course the most the most important end game thing which is the glamours yeah making your character look pretty there's like there are so many facets like they've worked so hard at making it so there's so many facets in this game that realistically this this won't happen but I could drop every other game I play and just play fourteen. And I and it still wouldn't get stale for me because there would be things that I could do. And, and um, looking from the outside in, it's it's the it's the social aspect of it as well. You know, I know you guys and you have. Sorry, my is it a guild? I'm not too sure. Or a company, free company, free company. I mean, it's I essentially the same as a guild. Okay, so Which, you, I don't know why they use a different terminology to pretty much every other <laughs> MMO in the world. Square Enix just, just seems like it just just seems like a, a good you know a good game to. To meet up, and especially not to not to go cliche with COVID, but it, it has had to replace quite a lot of you know interactions with your friends. And mm. you know, I see you guys playing; it looks great because you you know you meet up and, and stuff like that. And then to have a game, you know, have, have the Endwalker release coming well, it's quite a way off. It must be exciting for diehard fans. I mean, it's only it's only six months away though. It's not that it's not that long. Yeah, yeah no, that's true. Mm. Um, We've waited like, longer for things. Yeah, that, oh, for God's sake, yeah. Uh, Metroid Prime Four. Um, <laughs> not, no, no, not to like you know trigger you or upset yeah, you in right. any way, but Metroid yeah. Prime Four. Um, He's shaking. But like, <laughs> like M Walker, like when M Walker arrives, it's not only going to be an entire because what the like the the hardest thing to impress upon people that don't play fourteen. Is that each expansion is pretty much the length of a game in its own right? So yeah, okay. In November, we're essentially getting a new Final Fantasy XIV game with a whole uh, with, with with more story, 
we've got the two new jobs coming, we've got a new race coming, we've got new beast tribes coming that you can interact with and do kind of tasks for to kind of build your reputation with them, new raid series, new dungeons, new um, boss fights, new areas. There's just... It's, it's essentially a whole new game coming. Yeah. The amount of content is the equivalent of, you know, a sort of 30, 40-hour RPG. Okay, so it's not not just a chapter that's coming. It's a whole new chapter. And do you have to purchase this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, but but you, you did just kind of skip over some of the... So some of the kind of, I guess, more exciting things that came out of FanFest were the announcement of the second new job. Yeah. Which is the Reaper, the Reaper mm-hmm. which I'm quite excited about. Yeah, you're switching, aren't you? I'm quite, yeah, I'm quite. I'm, I'm quite interested in the idea of being a, a Reaper um, as someone who plays a DPS role, primarily. I mean, or good, exclusively, perhaps. I mean, the good thing for you specifically as a Black Mage, if you switch to Reaper, is sure you're going to have to be closer to the things because you know you're not going to have the range you have with firing spells from a distance but also you've got more mobility yeah the problem with black mage is you're having to stand there and that means you get hit by things a lot um yeah whereas you can just move out of them if you want yes exactly and still um, and hopefully still actually be able to do things rather than just constantly running around avoiding (laughs) aoe's and not actually having time to cast yeah (laughs) Uh, and I, I do you know that I'm switching to the other job, Sage, because it's a yes. it's a healer job, and that's my my forte. Um, healer job with floaty guns. Yep, yeah. I love it. I love or healing, healing guns. Why not? <laughs> pew pew healed. And then we've got obviously the thing that I glossed over, male Vieira. Yes. So for people who don't know, a Viera is like a bunny person. I think that's the best way to describe <laughs> see, it. I, I've... <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong, but all I see from you guys is cat cat boys. Is that right? Am I? Yes, am I right that's right. That? Yeah, cat boys. So... so what? So what? So what's going? All I can see on the screen is bunny boys. Yeah. Who's... So yeah, just imagine an anthropomorphic, a hot twinky male with bunny ears. Are they always hot? You can't make pretty them much exclusively. Okay. Yeah, like maybe. Seeing the appeal, yeah, I don't think you can make an unattractive character in fourteen. You'd have to really work at that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you you could you could make a Popoto. You could, but even Lalafell are cute. They're not attractive, but they They're are cute. Like, they are yes. cute little potato people. But like, oh. um, yeah, I've I've wanted male Vieira since I started this goddamn game, and. You've, you've waited two and a half years, yeah. but finally your dream has come true. And they said it wouldn't happen because, you know, in terms of Final Fantasy lore, male Vieira don't, there aren't many of them, so they wouldn't be able to make it a race because the men, the, the way that Vieira work in Final Fantasy is the, the the men essentially are foragers. They go into the forest to get food, so they're very rarely seen. Um, okay. Are they are they like um, Ganon in the Gerudo in Zelda, where there's like only one of them every hundred years? <laughs> also, <laughs> that, there is it is pretty much that little uh, from what they were saying. So they said it would never happen, and they've done it. They've this is the first time they've ever appeared because male Vieira were mentioned in Final Fantasy XII, which is when Vieira first appeared, but you never saw them. You only ever saw Fran and the other mm. the other Vieira. So 
they've essentially... So it'll be interesting to see if, if they come up with an in-game law reason why suddenly there's be. loads of male ones running around. They will do, because it's 14. They make up law for fucking everything. Um, they will think of a reason as to why this is a thing. Um, it's just interesting that, like, they made... They created these for 14. Outside of concept art, Mel Vieira didn't exist before. They've created them for this for this game. So that's I find that very, very, very interesting. So do you think they've added them because of fan feedback or just to, you know, add some more random lore into it? Um I think it's probably fan feedback, simply because one of the okay. big one of the really big negative responses that came from Shadowbringers is they introduced the two new races, which were the Hrothgar and the and Viera. Um and they made But the Viera is female so Yeah, they gender locked okay. them. So they made the Hrothgar only male and the Viera only female. And that kind of went against something that fourteen the fourteen team said way back when they said they would never gender lock things. Um okay. so fans were like, what the fuck? Like you've gender locked these races. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've said that male that that the female Hrothgar are incoming, but they couldn't get them ready in time for six point So, which is so do you think they do you think they're a seven point thing, or do you think they're a six point something patch? Thing? I think they're going to be a six point something patch thing. They must have started working on them roughly the same time. Yeah, they just had to prioritize one of them. Yeah, release. yeah, to make sure it was ready, but. I'm excited. I've got like my little Fantasia potion to change my character's appearance for day fucking one. Um, <laughs> because, yeah. I'm changing to. Do you want to be a cute bunny boy? Yeah. And damn right too. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I guess this has been episode three of Queers at Play. Yep. Uh, I've been Mark. And I've been joined by Ruben and Richard. Hello again. Thank you ever so much, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. It has, and it's been and a short one. I love it. I love it when it all it. goes to plan and everything runs with the right. Yeah, we've 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 pretty much come in at just well an hour and ten minutes, but because usually we have so many fucking digressions, it's lovely. Um, well, I think we. I think we certainly will do when it comes uh, comes to E3. Oh, E3 is going to be a long one. I can sense that already. Um, but like, well, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be the sort of person because like I'm not I'm not a salesman for Final Fantasy fourteen. But I will say that I I could not recommend it more. It's it's a game that has brought me a lot closer to a lot of people that I might not necessarily been able to see even before the pandemic. Um, mm. and not only that, but it's introduced me to a world and a community that surprisingly and astonishingly has so little toxicity. Like considering the size I've of heard how, that. I've... considering how big the 14 community is, there should be more toxicity in it than there is looking at other gaming communities, but it's just not that it, there it is there it exists, but like it's not mm. prevalent. It's not running not to the scale. No, not at all. Um, you get dickheads in the game, you get dickheads everywhere, you get dickheads in life, but mm-hmm. like, they're so far and far between. Um, it, it seems like quite, a, it seems quite like uh, quite a big commitment to a game where there are people who have played 
for years and don't get me wrong i i understand that as a newcomer there are plenty of people who would who will take the time to you know to nurture and to help people start but it is very daunting as a non-player it's very daunting but like you say no toxicity makes it easier i mean i can i could definitely see the daunting because like just just looking back with every new expansion pack it gets more and more because i think if you look at things like um world of warcrafts they tend to push the older expansions to the side and they kind of become optional content mm. whereas with final fantasy 14 it's one ongoing story and you you can't just play final fantasy 14 base game and then skip to endwalker to, to fully understand the story, you have to play every bit of content in the yeah. correct order. And it is. The more expansion packs they come up with, the more daunting that task becomes. Because there's a lot of back catalogue yeah. of, of content there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I jumped in at Stormblood, which was the second expansion. And even at that point, I was like, there is so much of this game for me to do. And then since then, they've released Shadowbringers. And now they're going to release Endwalker. And then that's not even factoring in the 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 mid the mid content where there are the free patches that come out after the full game that lead the story into the next expansion and then that's even more content and even more dungeons and even more trials and like mm. I think at my last check I was over two thousand hours on fourteen <laughs> which is a colossal amount of time how many days is that. I don't. For, for for listeners, Richard's face just like uh, that's yeah, but that's a lot. But that's a sign of a, a good game. It's it's not just a game. It's it's almost like a way of life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you it is, and it is it is great to see. And like you say, I've not seen any toxicity from the outside looking in. And but yeah, it's a daunting task. But I don't know. You 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 are selling it inadvertently. You would, like one thing I will say is that. Um, if you were to give it a little time because when you first start in 14 and I think Mark can support me on this the first like 15-20 levels are a little bit of a not a slog but they're just like ugh because it's just railroading they are very they yeah they're very stereotypical mmorpg fetch quests and mm. kill 10 of this thing and then come back Correct. to this person and then kill 10 of this thing and come back to this person and then all of a sudden it's just but like world ending disaster slowly you start you start <laughs> falling in love with the characters and then there's like this thing is going to end the world unless you stop it. And then this thing is going to end the world unless you stop it. And then like... Yeah, it starts to have... But I think it needs it for such an epic. Yeah. It needs it needs the hand-holding. It needs the fetch quest. And it needs... I think it does. Otherwise, if it chucked you in, it would be overwhelming. But Oh, yeah. Considering yeah. how much there is to look at on the screen until you sort your, your shit out. Like, there's... Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, And that's fairly typical of the genre, to be fair. Yeah, and the good thing is, once you get past that point, there's barely any, really, there's the, there's a couple later, but there's barely any fetch quests for the rest of the game, unless you're doing side quests. Like, the main story quests are, are just doing shit and talking to people, rather than going to collect things for Get people. shit done. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I've just taken us back onto 14. I can only apologise. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> what were we saying about no digressions? We've yeah. just gone straight back round. We, yes. ended the, we ended the episode. We've ended ended this. <laughs> we ended this like three minutes ago, but it's fine. This is like fun bonus content <laughs> for people that are really invested in Final Fantasy 14. So we will leave it there and uh, join us again in two weeks' time for the next episode. Thanks, guys. Speak soon.